Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It was a few weeks ago that the hay bales started creeping slowly away from the house. Every morning when I woke up, each had moved a few hundred feet from where it was before. I assumed it was pranksters with nothing better to do, so I ignored it. Within a few days, though, the bowels began to approach the boundaries of the farm. I was tired of the whole game by then and decided to move them back. It took a tedious hour to bring them all from where they were to over near the house again and by the time I was done, I was ready to snap the neck of whatever little pissant had decided to screw with me. The next morning I found each and every one of my horses messily decapitated. The smell is what woke me up. Everyone was slumped over against the side of its stall. There were no signs of their heads, I spent the rest of the day cleaning up the mess and burying the remains. It was only when I was done that I noticed the bales of hay had all returned to their positions from the day before, scattered far out into the fields. This time I left them where they were. That night I sat on my porch with my shotgun in hand and a pot of coffee on the table beside me. I sat for hours straining my eyes into the fields to catch a glimpse of who was moving my hay bales. Finally, I was beginning to nod off. I would have, but just as my eyes were beginning to close, I heard a clamour and a rustling of trees from the nearby woods. I leaned forward, my heart racing with excitement. I was going to catch the bastard. I fumbled for my gun and fidgeted in my seat, waiting anxiously for whoever it was to get close enough to ambush. It was only when the thing got close enough for me to make out its silhouette in the dark that I was frozen still. The thing that crept into my fields from the nearby woods didn't seem to notice me sitting there. It stalked, hunched and deliberate, through the field with the posture of a tiptoeing thief. If not for the fact that it must have towered over ten feet tall, even in its crouched position, it might have seemed almost frail. The thinness of its arms and legs, and the emaciated, caved-in quality of its chest, reminded me of a starving animal. Still, this thing was undeniably strong, and I watched it hoist each bowl up into its arms with ease, and set it down carefully a while away, taking only a few strides to cover the distance. I watched it work, moving each bell thoughtfully. Every once in a while it would straighten up to look around for the other bell's positions in the field before adjusting the one it was working on ever so slightly. 
Before it left, it looked towards the house. I felt its eyes sweep over me in the dark, but whether it saw me or not, I couldn't tell. Then it turned silently and crept back the way it came, disappearing in the dark of the woods. It took me an hour before I had the courage to move at all. I went inside for a while, but I didn't sleep that night. It was only when the sun rose that I dared step off my porch into the fields. The hay bales were where it left them. Strangely, it didn't move them as far as it had in the previous days. They were approaching something invisible in the fields, and as I looked at them, I realised they were all marking something of a line. Indeed, as I walked around the house, I saw a distant circle they formed with me in the centre. At first I thought the boughs were just being haphazardly moved away from the house, but now I could say they were instead being moved towards some kind of boundary. The thing was sending a message. I slept uneasily that night, and only because I was exhausted. Blending supernatural horror with Lovecraftian storytelling, the sleep-wake cycle follows estranged twins, Isaiah and Rosemary. Their mission is to fulfil a secret government agency's directive to bring the US back from the brink of madness. Born with strange abilities, the twins investigate the wellness of a republic ravaged by the great darkness of 1999. With cults, conspiracies and strange entities pervading society, the twins must investigate and survive, both the world around them and their own breed of post-darkness psychosis. Check out the brand new horror podcast series, The Sleep-Wake Cycle, on your favourite podcast platform. The next morning, the bells had not moved at all. In fact, they didn't move for the rest of that week. They were finally where that thing wanted them. I made myself sick trying to interpret them. Why would this thing expend so much energy moving my hay bales and threaten me with such violence should I try to intervene? Killing my horses was just that, a threat, an intelligent threat at that. It knew it would scare me, and it knew that I would understand the implications. The sound of an automobile working its way along the road to my farm one morning gave me a rush of excitement. I'd been planning to abandon the farm since I saw the thing, but I couldn't hope to leave on foot without risking it treating me like one of the horses. But if I could get into a car with whoever was coming my way, I might be able to escape before it could stop me. I didn't know or care who it was. I decided that moment they stopped the car, I would jump into the passenger seat and tell them to get the hell out of here. I didn't get the chance. The car worked its way slowly down the road, trundling across the uneven ground. I urged it silently to hurry, but it was when it passed between the two boughs placed on either side of the road that I began to hear a booming clatter from the woods. The thing burst suddenly from between the trees, 
sprinting on all fours of its terrible gangly limbs towards the car. Within a few seconds, it was there, pouncing on the automobile like a predatory cat. Within moments, it was picking and peeling the vehicle's steel frame apart, working to get the driver inside. The man, whoever he was, he screamed with all his might, and I could hear him either over the crunching of the metal and the shattering of the glass. It was only when the thing crushed him carelessly in its hands that the screaming stopped. It tossed him away and straightened up to look at me once again. In the sunlight, I could see how inhuman it was. It was composed entirely of something awful which was lashed together in a messy resemblance of human form. Whatever it was made of looked so polished and hard, almost as if it was made of granite. The thing retreated back into the woods and I was left to my shock. My eyes wandered to where the car sat, the engine still spluttering between two of the hay bales. Suddenly I understood. The message was clear. I am this thing's captive, and I am not allowed visitors. Nothing may cross the borders it has set. I'm trapped here by the thing that stalks the fields, and it demands nothing except that I never leave. Still, I don't know if I can handle being that thing's canary. I've been thinking hard for the last few days when I saw it crush that man's chest and silence him before he could finish his scream. If I crossed the hay bale border, it would probably do the same to me. It would smash my skull before I could put my hands up to protect myself. It would go and find a new pet, and probably keep looking until it found someone who could stand knowing it was just waiting outside, watching at all hours with its shiny insect eyes. I've been thinking hard for the last few days, and I might just make a run for it. (laughs) ¶¶